Okay, thank you, Eric Friedman, for that very, uh, very kind, very kind uh, introduction. Um, the, the way to become the president of the RCBC is to have enough people step back and say, we don't want to do it, so then, and allow yourself to uh, take it, so. Um, but I appreciate it very much. I always, I always love uh, coming to teach here in this forum. Um, it's just a nice, it's a wonderful group of people who just, who just want to learn and want to engage, uh, and so I always find it to be uh, enjoyable for myself. And so after I was here last time, I told uh, Robinson Feldman, I said, whenever I have time to come back, which is usually when YU is either in finals uh, or already finished, I'd be happy to come back. So we slotted, we slotted two slots this year, one now, when YU, now the boys are uh, taking finals, and for uh, the spring, Mitch Hashem. So uh, th I thank uh, all of you for coming to, to learn together. I, I, yes, and I appreciate Ray Freeman already mentioning it, but I want to open uh, that obviously I speak in the presence of my mother, is always a very, very special zechus in Vershos Imi Morasi. Okay, Parshat Vayechi, you're surprised. The, 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 the title of the year doesn't look like it has anything to do with Vayechi, and it doesn't really, it does a little. Uh, it does a little because the entire story of Parshat Vayechi concludes this week the story of Yosef and the brothers, which begins with. The whole story begins because the, uh, the Yosef and his brothers couldn't get along, and primarily it begins because Yosef speaks, whatever it means, the Torah tells us, about his brothers. He tells stories to his father about what they're doing. Um, but today is also a Sarbatei, based as Ariyah mentioned. And the Avudraham mentions that there's something very unique about a Sarbatei, it's not in your sheet. The Avudraham mentions that if a Sarbatevis would fall out on Shabbos, we would fast. So when Yom Kippur comes on Shabbos, we fast. When Tisha B'Av comes on Shabbos, we push it off. So how would it be that a, that a Sarbatevis would come on Shabbos and we would fast? So, uh, so he, he points out, because the Torah says, it says, right? that, that's uh, you know, not referring, that's referring to Yom Kippur. But nevertheless, in the Beis Yosef says, I don't understand anywhere how the Avrujaham gets this, where does this come from? And uh, the Chassam Sofer gives an explanation. And he explains that on the day that the king of Bavel sieged the walls of Yushalayim, Yushalayim Shalmata, on the same day the trial began in Yushalayim Shalmala. How do I know that? Because the Chassam Sofer says so, so I don't know, you have to trust him. That, there was a, that the Desdin met in Yushalayim Shalmala to decide whether or not Yushalayim Shalmata will be eventually be destroyed. And it was declared on the Sarbat is not the day when the base of Israel is destroyed. It's the day when the, the walls of Yushalayim are sieged. But it was on that day, says the Chassam Sofer, that in Yushalayim Shalmala, the Gzardin was finalized, that Yushalayim would be destroyed. The base of would be destroyed. And therefore, says the Chassam Sofer, that each and every year on a Sarbat the question is posed again to the Beis in Shamala. What will be Yerushalayim this year? And therefore it becomes our opportunity at that point to figure out what we can do to make sure the Gazardin is taken in the right direction. And says the Berchayim, who is uh, quoting this, Hassam Sofer, he points out, so why is this, so what? What does it do with fasting on Shabbos? So he says, there's two types of fasts. There are fast days that commemorate something that happened in the past. Right? Tisha B'Av, Shabbat Shabbat Tammuz, etc. 
And then there are fast days which have to do with something that's happening right now at this moment. For example, if someone has a terrible dream, terrible dream, they can fast, what's called a tanis chalom. They can, they can fast. Because they had a terrible dream, something horrible happened, they're nervous what that means, and they can fast. I did it one time my whole life. But if that can happen, even if a person has a terrible dream on Friday night, they can fast on Shabbos. Even though you're not supposed to fast on Shabbos. And says the Berachayim, that explains Abu Jahan. Why? Because the question that's being posed today in Yushalayim Shema is not a question about the past. We're not fasting today on Sarah because of something terrible that happened. We're fasting today to do tshuva because of the Gzardin that we hope doesn't fall on us today. So if that's true, if that's what's happening today, I thought no better conversation to be had on Asar Batavis, as the Beis Shamal is determining whether we're ready for a Beis HaMidish to be rebuilt, then to talk a little bit about the topic for which, and because of which, it was destroyed in the first place. And that's the topic of Lashonara. But Lashonara, I think a lot of times, gets a bad rap. It feels like a lot of no's. It feels like a lot of, you can't this, you can't this, you can't that. And it's, I mean, it's true a little bit. Um, but also because, but, but there's a lot of, there, there are some yeses with Lashonara. And sometimes I think when we see that the halacha has flexibility, especially flexibilities that we need as human beings, it can help us, we can see the, I won't call them kulas, but the, the openings for humanity, it allows us to more easily accept and toe the line with the parts that the halacha tells us that we're not allowed to do. So I want to talk, talk about today, with your help, is the moments in life when Lashon Hara is not so ra. Right? When something that we otherwise might categorize as Lashon Hara is in fact permissible and allowed and maybe even at times, I'm not encouraged, but appropriate to be said. There's a lot of Hebrew on these sheets. There's some English later. But there's a lot of Hebrew, but I'm going to translate all everything. If you, don't, if you want to follow along, that's great. If you don't want to follow along, it's also fine. But if we want to start the conversation... We have to start the conversation by understanding what, you know, what we're talking about. What is Lashonara? Where does it come from? So the Pasuk in source number one tells us, A person shouldn't be a holich rachil. What does it mean to be a holich rachil? To go around doing what? Tail bearing, right? A, holich, a rachil is a, is a merchant. And a person goes from town to town selling wares. Right? Is a rachil. So to be lo selich rachil. Don't be a person who goes around... You know what I, you, you, I shouldn't say. You know who that person is, right? But we we don't want to be a person who is walking around sharing the information sharer. We don't want to be that person. Don't be a person who goes sharing. This person says this about that person. That person says that. Think about that person. You know that famous Norman Rockwell painting. You know that Norman Rockwell painting of the the. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. Google it when you get home. Norman Rockwell has an amazing painting of. It begins with one person. Like it's like a. It goes like this. And it's, it just faces. And it's people having a conversation. And it starts with one person going, you know, telling, some, telling somebody something. And then it goes all the way around and each person tells the next person, tells the next person, tells the next person. And it finally comes all the way back to who? The original person, the person who's about, turns around, you know, and catches the person who spoke about them. You know, but it's a great painting. You should take a look. Uh, Google it. Norman Rockwell. I don't know what it's called exactly, but Google Norman Rockwell Luxury Howard. You'll probably find it. Um, right? But you don't want to be that person, the yenta. Who's, who's sharing information about other people. Don't do that, says the Torah. Says the Gemara in source number three, it's Gemara in Erechin, Heichi dami lishna bisha, what's called Lashon Hara? Rava Omer or Amar Rabba, Kigon da Amar, Ika Nuro be 
Panaya. You say, oh, there's always a fire at that guy's house. The, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the uh, Smiths always have, no one here is last name Smith, right? The Smiths always have fire going at their house. There's always a, there's always a barbecue going at that house. So what? My coffee, that's not bad. I'm just telling you the truth. There's, I don't know, there's a fire at his house. They, they, have, they have barbecues at his house. Why is that, why is that a big deal? So it says, no, you say it in a way, right, that makes clear that it's a negative thing. Right? Oh yeah, you know where they're having you know, parties all night, and you know, they just hang around and do nothing, and they're drinking, and you know, at that guy's house. Right? So when you make that comment, you say it in a way that shows that it's something negative about that person, so that's going to be Lashon Har. Does the Gemara say it has to be something that's not true? That's a lie? No, not at all. Right? It's, it's the truth. But it's something negative about that person. Says the Rambam, source number three. over below person who says, you know, Rechilos, we'll see. Violates his You can't get Malkus for Lashon Hara, why not? Because Lashon Hara says, You don't do any action. You can't get lashes and bezin if you didn't do something wrong. So you eat a cheeseburger, you can get Malkus because he did something. Something that you say. Is not technically an action, so you don't get malchus for it. But it's still an issue rice. right? So Alpha Misha, the, the Rambam just pointed out, don't think a person doesn't get malchus. Doesn't mean it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And he says, It's a big, big issue. And people will die from lashon hara. Lakach nismach lo. Notice the interesting, interesting juxtaposition in the pasuk. Right? Look, welcome back in source number one. Lo sedek mechah, lo samo adam those are two, two topics that don't seem to go next to each other. One is, don't tell Lashon Hara. The other one is, don't stand idly by when someone else is being killed. How, how do those go together? We're going to see more how those two go together. But, right, the, but the, why they place next to each other, says the Rambam, because they actually are related. Right, and how is that? Seyomad, ma'ira ledoig ha'adomi. Doig ha'adomi was a person, when David Melch is running away from, from, from uh, Shaul, who's running to kill him. So what happens? So he ru- runs to Nov Ira Kohanim. Right? He runs to that city. And Doeg is there. And, and when David's there, so he asks the, the Kohen Gadol to help him out. And he does. But basically what ends up happening is that Shaul arrives at the city and he says to Doeg, like, what's the story? What's going on? Do you see David here? And Doeg spills the beans. He says, yeah, Achim, you know, the, the Kohen Gadol, he helped, he helped him out. He helped David. And what happens? Shaul kills all the Kohanim in the city. Kills everybody. Why? Because Doeg shared the information what... Right, what the Kohen Gadol had done for David So you think that Lashon doesn't do anything? It can do a lot. It can do a lot. Okay, fine. And what's, but what's Rechilos? What's the definition? So it says the Rambam, Eizehu Rachil, Zeshetoen Dvarim Vaholech Mizelazeh Vaomer, Kach Amar Ploni, Kach Vekach Shamati Aploni. Right? A Rachil is a person who shares information. Can you believe what she said about, that's Rechilos. Right? You're, refer, you're letting people know what other people said about other people. That's Rechilos. Even though it's true. A person destroys the world through conversations like that. And there's something even worse. Right? Even worse is not to tell what other people told about somebody, but to actually speak Lashon Hara. 
So Rechilus is to share what other people are saying about each other. Lashon Hara is to say something negative about somebody else, even though it is totally the truth. That guy is a lousy accountant. In theory, is Lashon Hara. Right? Right? She dresses really poorly. He, whatever it is, whatever your example is going to be. I heard he's a parent who's not around ever. I heard that that grandfather, whatever the example is, it's something negative about the person, even though it might be a thousand percent correct. Not a good accountant. She's uh, is an absent mother. Whatever the example is, it doesn't matter. The fact that it's true doesn't make it any less lashon In fact, that's the definition of lashon Is that's the truth? Okay. Avaha Omer Shekir, but what if you say something that's not true? Right? Zed Nikra Moti Shemra Achaver. That's right. That's it. That's you actually say things to the person that's not correct. You tell lies about the person, so that's Moti Shemra also Nisadaraisa, but it's different. Fine. So all these things, that's just to get us a, a little scared, sorry, about uh, what these things are to define our terms. Okay? Rechilos, you share what other people say about each other. Lashonara, to say something negative about somebody else, even though in both these are totally the truth. And Moti Shemra is you actually say something that's not the truth about somebody else. Fine. Okay. Um, what, is the, what is the... Well, let, let, let's keep going. Um, the, the Chavetz Chaim is the first one to... This, we don't find the Lachaz Lashon Hara codified anywhere in Shulchan Aruch. Interesting, why not? But the bottom line is that who did it finally? The Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim is the one where he's... Right? Where he's Solmer, a coin from Radin. So he, he, uh, he finally codifies all of Hilchaz Lashon Hara in a safer called Chavetz Chaim. That's what he comes in the Chavetz Chaim. And he codifies this, this din, and he basically quotes the Rambam multiple times throughout the Sefer with these definitions of what Lashon Hari is. Fine. Um, what's interesting... Yeah? Yeah? Does one subsume the other? In other words, Mechilus and Lashon Hara. Can be the same thing. Right, so the, 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 the Chavetz Chaim actually in, in his introduction to the Sefer... He does something very scary, and that is he goes through and he lists every single assay and every single losa assay that a person can violate with every word of Lashon Hara. Right? So for example, he'll, I'll, this will answer your question, I think, hopefully. So he'll, he lists, there's like 28 or 29 different assays and losa assays, and basically the way I did math one time, it came, comes out that every time a person speaks Lashon Hara, they can violate an average 11 or 12 Yisir Deiraisa. Okay? So, imagine any bad thing you think is bad to do. Lashon Hara is way worse, right? In terms of the numbers of, a, the numbers of assays and low assays a person violates each and every time, right? If it's about a parent, right? if it's about a person who you know, has, you know, there's all kinds of possibilities, right? That it, if it's about a rabbi, if it's about a, there's all kinds of people that you could be impacting in different ways. If it impacts their panasa, if it, right, there's all kinds of things that it does. You're, you're violating There's so many different assays and losses that a person violates every single word of lashonar. So yeah, you're right. It could be that sometimes it's lashonar and rechilas at the same time. It's definitely possible. It can't be lashonar and motishem at the same time because motishem by definition is a lie. Right? Lashonar by definition is a truth. Is a truth. Okay, what's also very interesting is, what does it not say? No one said, the Raman didn't say anywhere, but, you know, this is all true unless you're speaking to your spouse. It's, it's also unless it's about that really annoying person in your family, right? Unless, it doesn't say that anywhere in the, in, in the Rambam, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Chavetz Chaim either. 
right? That there's some type of like leniency per se that exists to family members, friends, uh, members of our community, the rabbi, the whoever it is, right? There's, there's no like, there's no, right? When I talk about leniencies, these ones don't, don't exist. There are none. Right? The fact that somebody, and the, 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 the Chavetz Chaim actually talks a lot in the Sefer, he mentions it multiple times. He says, people think there's such a thing that you can speak Lashon Hara to your spouse. And it's not Lashon Hara. We're going to talk about that in a second, why that is true and not true. But there's no such thing as a leniency to speak Lashon Hara to your spouse. I come home and I, like, I hope you do the same thing that I do. I come home at night and I sit down with my wife and we go through the day and we sit down and we talk about it, right? But be careful. You unload your whole day, you can unload, there's a lot to unload, right? And you have to be careful. The fact that it's your spouse doesn't mean, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking even about your spouse, Khalilah, that's the worst, right? But I'm saying, but, but the fact that the person is close to you doesn't make, make the fact that you're speaking Lashon hard to them any less it's just the same. There's no such leniency to speak Lashon Hara to your spouse. Certainly not about your spouse. But, but, not, but not to your spouse. Husband to wife, wife to husband. It doesn't say it anywhere. It doesn't say it's mutter to speak Lashon Hara about children. Right? There's no such leniency anywhere in the Rambam, anywhere in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, and it's a big Sefer. And it doesn't say it anywhere. Okay, so that makes us even more worried, right? So now what are we going to do, right? So let's see. So let's see. So let's talk a little bit about situations where the Chavaz Chaim does write the Lashon Hara is permissible and how that, how that comes out and, and why that would be. So in source number four, you have an excerpt from the Sefer Chavaz Chaim, Klava of Halacha Beis. And says the Chavaz Chaim as follows. Another, another scary thing, sorry. Even just to listen to Lashon Hara. Levar gam gam ken yesh Torah. Just listening to Lashon Hara Zaser, after Be'esa Shmiya in Ba'daito Lakabla Sadavar, even if you have in mind not to accept it as true, why? Kevin Shemato Ozna Vishmoa, since you lean in to hear the juicy piece of information. What would be the Isra? Let's say you're not going to accept Lashon Hara. What would be the problem with listening to someone speak Lashon Hara? What would be the Isra? Separate from Lashon Hara? So it's something called right? You can't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. Meaning, if I help somebody do a veira, that they don't have someone to talk to, they can't do the iser, right? So every time I... So how, so how did it go today with uh, X or Y or Z? How was it? Right? So I'm inviting and now listening to that Lashonara, that can be an iser of the iser, right? I'm, I'm asking the person, right, to share that Lashonara. So, I, so I'll say, we're going to talk about it in a minute, not accepting. I don't accept it as true. Fine. But I'm inviting that person to share it with me for them, that's a problem. So what's going on here? So it says the, 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 the Chavetz Chaim, even though, right, it's forbidden to, it's, so it's forbidden to listen. Fine. However, ach yesh chiluk ben shmiya la kabbalah bakamanyan, and there's certain distinctions. Why? Right? The only time shmiya is now usher is only if it doesn't have some type of relevance for you in the future. Everyone see where I am? Beginning next, yeah, next paragraph. But if this information is important to you, if it's the truth, let's say the person is telling you about another person he did business with who is not a trustworthy person. I have a phone call to make, and if you, after I'm done here, I have to talk to someone about a certain person who needs to sign up to work with someone, and I have to ask a question. Is this person a trustworthy person or not? Right? That's a question, and I'm going to ask that question. 
Right? Because that's something I need to know. Right? You realize the person's talking to you and you realize, well, I should pay attention to this because this person might be someone I would end up doing business with. Right? Maybe the person is, is uh, you know, maybe, they had, maybe uh, I'm finding out about a person who wants to date my son or my daughter. And I want to find out what that person's like. Right? What are their midos? What kind of person are they? Right? So Kevin Damashu wrote to the Shmo, Ain Kavanos to the Genuso Shalchavir. I'm not trying to hear negative things about the person. Raku wrote to Lahatzil as Atzmo. I want to save myself. Kadesh Lo Yavo Achagakli De Hezek. Oli De Matzimari. Vochai Gabna. A person wants to make sure they're not going to get hurt in some way. Right? And he said, or something else positive is going to happen. The bottom line is, that's permissible. Right? That's permissible to listen to that information is allowed. Why? Because I'm doing it not to hurt somebody else. I'm doing it in order to make sure that I, right, that I, I, that I'm, I'm okay. Right? But the, the Chavaz Chaim adds at the way end. He goes, however, look at the bottom line where it's, where it's uh, underlined. Aval lekabel. But to accept it as true, that's something else. Right, so I can take the information. I get calls like this all the time. What do you know about this guy? You know, uh, my, daughter's, you know, my daughter wants to date him. What do you know about the guy? So I, I work in Yeshiva University, so I know a lot of boys. So I get calls all the time about boys that are my... Right? So guys, people ask the wrong questions, like, what cheer is he in? How good a learning is he? Like, I, I'm like, so I stop them usually. I say, just want you to know, like... He's, he's fine in that stuff. Like, I, what, why don't you ask him, like, the important questions? To, like, like, what? I'm like, I'm like is he going to be a good husband? So when I, when I really like a boy, I'll tell them, I would, I would let my daughter marry this boy. You know why? Because he's kind. Because he's flexible. It was his job going to be. <laughs> he's kind. He's flexible. He's nice. Right? He's going to be, he's going he's gonna to partner with your daughter. He'll change diapers. Right? He'll, be a, he'll be a good person. That should be the number one thing on the list when we're asking those questions. But anyways, but the, but the bottom line is, right? I can ask, but you can ask them questions. You know, what kind of person is he? Right? And you can go and look for it. However, that's important to know to be concerned for yourself. But it doesn't mean that I can accept it as fact. That's this person's opinion. And it's important to know it can help me. But it doesn't mean I can accept it as fact. Fine. But this, this idea, right, of what we call toeles, is the basis of all these conversations. Right? Whether it's a shidduch or it's a business, or, you know, guys do this, you know, they want to learn with someone, they, say, they want to have a harusa with somebody, they want to move to a community, what's the shul like, what's the rabbi like, what are the people like? These are fair questions to ask, the person has to make a decision. I'm going to spend, uh, you know, whatever, $500,000 on a house, I need to know where I, you know, what these people are like. And it's okay to ask questions for that reason, yeah. Someone once asked me about somebody for a shidduch, and I did tell them, but I said, ask somebody else, because... I was told this by somebody else. And that doesn't mean that that's true. Right, I right. think everybody should be told not to ask Right, that's true. And shidduch is more complicated when you're, when you're a reference for shidduch. It's much more complicated because saying negative things is not so good either. So it's a, much, more, much more complicated. But the point is, it is, a, it is appropriate for a person to call some, somebody every once in a while to you know, call one person and get information. I always tell my tell me I say, call one person, make sure everything is like relatively okay and normal, and then go on. Don't spend six months you know, calling every, doing a, hiring a private investigator. You're not going to find that much out anyways until you meet her. Right? Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's still, that's fine to say. You say, this is what I, this is what I heard of, as far as I know, a wonderful family, they're very nice, you know, no, no red flags, and you, you know, but I, I only know what I know, I don't know what I hear, that's all. That's fine. Fine. But this is how we, this is, this is the concept of Toelis, 
Right? And all, that's, that can be a lot of cases. It's a lot of conversations that we have. Right? And the question is, why? Why is that okay? I thought Lashon Hara is also. Why, why is there this permissibility for something that we call toelis? Why would there be any ideas? Why would there be? What's the, what's the flexibility here in the halacha? All of a sudden, I thought, I thought I can't say that person's not a good actuary. Right? But now, now I am allowed to say it. Why would that be? Any ideas? No wrong answer. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. Okay. So it sounds like there's... But what the Chavaz Chaim is telling us is that this Isser of Lashon Hara, right, takes us in a certain direction. Right? So there's an intention to maybe do harm to others, but not if it's going to protect myself, yeah? Ah, so there's no malice. Right? There's no malice involved, yeah? Yeah? This could be the flip side where it's with naive or if you don't say something. Oh, good. So the other, right, do, do I have to, so Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, right, to the extent that someone else gets hurt. In fact, we know that the different fast day, Tzom Gedaya, right, Gedaya ben Achikam, who was the last leader of the Jewish people in the Eretz Yisrael, dies, why? He refused to accept Lashon Hara. Someone was telling him that someone was trying to kill him and he said, I'm not going to listen to Lashon Hara and he got killed, right? So, there are times it, 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 it makes sense ra- ra- regular you know, uh, rationale would tell you that it, it shouldn't come to hurt somebody else or hurt yourself and how do I know? Source number one go back to source number one what does the Pesach say? Right? Meaning I, I can't speak Lashon Hara but it's like it's, right? but only when what? it's not going to come at the expense of somebody else Right, if my, my refusal to engage in what we might call Lashon Hara is going to hurt someone else, that might be a different story. Or hurt me. Or hurt me. Good. So there's two different, there's a couple of different uh, possibilities in the Achronim for what the Svara is here. What's the rationale for this permission to sometimes speak Lashon Hara? And it's going to be helpful for us in one other possible leniency, which might be the most important leniency. When it comes to Lashon Take a look at source number five. Source number five is an is a extraordinarily painful shayla that came to the Tzitzel Yezer. Tzitzel Yezer, Yezer Waldenberg was the, uh, the postdate for Shari Tzedek and he used to get all kinds of medical halachic questions. He has the famous, his tshuva has been, the tshuva he's been, that, that's been most quoted by him more recently is a tshuva about abortion where he was the one who permitted um, abortion in situations, extreme cases, Tay-Sachs and things like that against Moshe Feinstein that a fierce, fierce machlokas about this issue, but Tzitzel Yezer has thousands of chuvos on all kinds of topics, many of them, many of them medical halacha questions. In fact, uh, Rabbi Steinberg, um, um, who's also a med- big medical halacha expert, so he said that when he was in, I think he was the one who said this, when he was, when he was in Shari Tzedek, they used to, that Waldenberg used to come down and say minion with the doctors, and what they would do was they would, they'd, they'd see him as the shacharist, they'd ask him if you're shaylis, he would go home, and he'd come back at Mincha with the Chivos. It's amazing, right? And that's how he would, and, and that kind of like built up, became, all of a sudden, like slowly but surely, he became the post of Shari So the, the Shari is as follows. And we, I'm not reading inside for right now, but basically what he says is like this. So a doctor came to him with the following question. And we're going to put HIPAA aside for a second, because HIPAA is a big problem with this also. But the question is as follows. There's a young woman who came to him, and she was, she was concerned about her, uh, her reproductive needs, and became clear was that she was unable to have children. She was actually born without a uterus. 
And um, so he, the doctor helped her and they, they, they worked with her, etc. But then the doctor found out that she was engaged to be married to a young man. And he found out that she did not tell him this. And she told the doctor, please do not tell him. You're about to get married. So the doctor came to the Tzitzel and said, am I required to tell him? It's a heartbreaking Shiloh for, on every side. There's no good in this story. It's all bad, right? And when you deal with these types of Shilohs, you deal with a lot of bad. So the Tzitzel says like this. Look at source number five for a second. We're going to make sure we don't go over time. But take a look at source number five. He writes, L'dati, from the top. He says he has to. He must tell. Even the, he doesn't even have a havamid, a thought to ask such a question. And he says you have to volunteer the information. How do you get around? I don't know what hippos like in Israel, but to get around hippos is a big problem here. But whatever it was, he said if he had an opportunity to tell him, he should tell him. Um, and he says, even though she tells you not to tell, don't listen to her. And the second line, he says, If the young man would find out that he's not able to have children, and he didn't tell the girl, and he's getting engaged, getting engaged again, just as a, one's caveat, everybody's got something in their life, smaller things than this, right? And they have to choose when to share that, and they should get guidance from someone when they're dating, how to share that and when to share that. And I don't think it's our prerogative to share all kinds of uh, things about people's lives. They should be given guidance. I give guidance myself to students when to share certain things that are very serious. So don't, don't, let's not read this true. But I was like, okay, now I can go tell everybody about everybody's uh, personal issues that they have when they're dating. It's not that simple. But this is, obviously she was engaged. We're going to get married and she wasn't going to tell him at all, ever, until they got married. So that's, this is more extreme. Let's just keep that in mind. But he says he should, he should do so. Why? So look what he says, second paragraph. What does the Rambam say? A person has an opportunity to save someone's life and doesn't do so, they violate, do not stand idly by while someone's being killed. See someone drowning in or he's being attacked by robbers, or an animal's attacking, you could do yourself, you can call 911, you could do something. He didn't do it. And he says more. They're trying to do something negative to him. They're trying, they're like, you know, setting up some type of plan to attack him in some way. Ozen Chavero, and you didn't tell him about Dio. O Sheyeda Baakum of Onesh, you ba a Chavero, Viachal, a Faisal, Begla Chavero, Lahasi, or Masha Belibo, Velosaiso, sometimes they do something negative to him, and he doesn't stop them. Vaho Yotzi, Bidram Elu, Haosa, Osam, over Losama Damir. So the Raman says, person that can attack somebody, this person has an opportunity to save somebody from danger and doesn't do so, so they are, they violate Osama Damir. Okay. And says this is a yes. We learn from the Rambam in the Shulchan Aruch. The cases that the Rambam gives are not just someone's going to get killed. Maybe it's, he's going to get robbed. They're, they're planning some type of financial attack against him. The Rambam's examples. And so what the, what the what Tzitzel Yezir says, you see the Losama Damarecha is not just to save someone from death, Khalila, but it's anything, Right? 
Anything that could happen to him in a negative way, and I know about it, and I don't stop it, that's lo samana damriyachan. The bottom line, he writes, and how, what, what's more horrible than a person who gets married and finds out that now he's not going to be able to have children. So therefore he says, you are mechuyav, you are required to tell the boy. In that case, it was the boy to tell the girl. Okay? The ra- what, what, um, what's made clear here, right, is that this exact point we made before, right? That the connection between lo mecha, lo I mean, lo is bad. Can't speak Lashonara. Unless there's an issue of lo Right? So all these issues of toelas we were talking about are situations where the person has some type of negative that could happen to them. Right? They get in the business deal with somebody, they get in a with somebody, they're going to they're gonna move to a community, it's not for them. Whatever the examples are. Right? Something you have to save them from making a big mistake. Whether that's physical, whether that's financial, whether that's in relationships, whatever, something that would be serious for them, you are able to stop it by sharing information, then you are required to share that information. Fine. So that's one possibility, a reason why this would be permissible. Uh, Ramosh Weinstein and Strumbach actually had an interesting, much less intense machlokas about can you encourage children in a classroom to tell the teacher, uh, to tell something, you know, who uh, took the chocolate, they don't have chocolates anymore, who, uh, whatever, stole the candy from my desk. And everyone knows it was Shmuel. Right? Can the Rebbe say, somebody tell me who did it? On the one hand, you're teaching the kids to speak Lashonara. Right? Right? So Moshe says, you can't do that. You're teaching them to speak Lashonara. So Rishturmach said, no, there's a toelis. I want to be Mechanach the child. I want to help that kid who made the mistake. Right? So I should, I should therefore it would be permissible to do so. So, you know, it's a good question. In 2023, that's a good idea or a bad idea. But, uh, Ah, good. So we're going to get to that in one second. Good. Great. Alana, it's a great question. Alana asks, for how do you, when you have these leniencies, they open the door to like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be helpful for me to know some of this information. You know, yeah, I'm sure I'll pocket some of it up. Somebody in the world, right? Sometime, right? You have to be careful with that. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, so let's, let's move to the second point because the second point I think is even more important. Look at source number six. The Sefer Hasidim. It's written by Huda Hasid who was a chassid before they were ever chassidim. Right? He lived in the, 11th, the, the 1100s, the 12th century. And he writes the following. This is written in the 12th century. You're not supposed to listen to Lashon Hara. Okay. And he says, Ephes, however, someone comes to you, screaming about his friend. And he feels so upset. The person screamed at him. And he's so upset. Right? He comes home and he's so upset. Look what this person did to me. He said such a nasty thing to me. They spoke to me in such a not a nice way. You know. You know that by allowing this person to what we call vent. They're not going to go tell somebody else now. Doesn't want to tell everybody else. They're not trying to make it public. They're just trying to, right? The 12th century. 
He wants to relieve his stress. Right? Lahagid, mitzvah l'shamo. It's a mitzvah to listen. Okay, if you can, you can help them to, like, to make up, etc. But the bottom line is, the Sefer Chisidim writes, that if a person comes so upset, and you think that by listening to them, you'll help them feel better, and he points out also, maybe they won't have to go tell so many other people, I mean, not tell anybody else, then it's a mitzvah to listen. It's a mitzvah to listen. Of the Chavetz Chaim, in source number 7. 700 years later, 800 years later. What if the job when you're listening to that person is to help them relieve their worries? That's like toeles. It's a constructive purpose. But like the pasuk says, It's gemara in source number eight. You'll see in a second, right? Okay, what does that mean? So it's a pasuk in Mishlei, right? Yishchena. So the question is, what does that re- re- word Yishchena mean? A person's worry Yishchena. So the Gemara has two possibilities, right? Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yasi, Chad Amar Yishchena Midaita. One said, forget about it. Bothers you? Forget about it. Let it go. Chad Amar Yishchena Lachem. Now you should talk about it. Right? One of them was a social worker. One of them was a. No, I'm kidding. Uh, right? But the idea being that sometimes a person needs to let off steam. Why? Why is that okay? How does that work? Where do we get this idea of being able to allow a person to do so? So take a look in source number nine, the Chavetz Chaim tells us. And why is that? See, so the Chavetz Chaim talks about what happens if a person sees about somebody else that they're not just a good person. You want to tell your kids, like, I don't want you hanging out with that family or that person. You should be very careful to do that, right? Very careful. But sometimes we have to warn our kids, you know, I don't want you to be around that guy. Right? Why is that? Look at where it's underlined. Right? What's, why is Lashon Hara so bad? Because I'm trying to attack the other person. It's Gishmak Lashon Hara. The reason we like to tell the story is we like to a little bit celebrate the, the, the downfall of somebody else. We have to be honest with ourselves. We like that a little bit. It makes us feel better. It's a bad way to feel better. That's the reason we do it. If the purpose of telling somebody is to keep them away so they shouldn't learn from that person, etc., that would be okay. And this is the other approach. And the reason why speaking Lashonara in moments of when a person needs to vent right, is, is, is permissible is because the goal there is not to hurt. The goal there is to heal yourself. Okay? And the, the Kovitz Ha'aras in Surah number 10, Rechana Wash, we mentioned this, this is true by many halachos. We have it in most, most uh, you know, one of the cases that comes up where Moshe Feinstein has a truth about cosmetic surgery. Is it permissible to have cosmetic surgery? What's the shayla? Well, there's an isra to cut yourself. Chavala, it's an isra daraisa to cut yourself. Chalila. Right? So, however, says with Moshe, that Ramba, the Ramam talks about this and says, what's the isra of hurting somebody else? Or is a quick shayla, can a person be a, be a boxer? Big shayla, can a person play paintball because when you shoot someone with a paintball gun you, I, wouldn't, I don't recommend it you're gonna, you get a welt on your, on, your, on your body right how can you give somebody a bruise right and so the, the answer that allowing cosmetic surgery Moshe has in this truth is where he says that that's true the only issue of Chavala is if you're doing it levazoso to hurt the person but here when you do it you're doing it to make them feel better right? and he even talks about someone's making them feel emotionally better right and that's why it's permissible but the same idea here 
Right? If this, this iser of Lashon Hara is what? When you do so with the kavana to hurt somebody else. But when I do it with the kavana to release, relieve stress, I do it with the kavana to learn something that's going to help me, so then I wouldn't be called Lashon Hara. Fine. So what we said until now is, and I know we have almost out of time, is that we have an iser in general, Lashon Hara, Rechilas, uh, There's no leniency just because I don't like the person or because they hurt my feelings or because they're annoying or because the person I'm speaking to or because they're my family or it doesn't matter, right? However, if there's something structured I need to know, right? I can listen. And if there's a need to relieve stress, there's an opening for that too. As Alana pointed out, we have to be extraordinarily careful with this. And I want to show you a piece from an article Rabbi Jackter wrote, another RCBC rabbi, Rabbi Jackter wrote in source number 11, he wrote a great article on this topic, and he writes the following, it's a really nice way to kind of conclude this conversation, I think. He writes as follows. Someone was asked the question, a certain rabbi was asked the question about a person wanting to talk about the things that are going on in their life, right? And they wanted to be able to share it with somebody, as we all want to do, we all want to share what happens to us, we need to relieve stress, right? So, by the way, if you share it with a therapist, that's sort of the best, right? Because the therapist is contractually obligated and morally obligated to never share anything that you tell them. Fine. But we don't all have that much money to only go to a therapist every time we need to speak Lashon Hara. We'd all be out of, out of all of our money. Um, but so we go to people that we know, our friends, our spouse, or someone to talk to. Right? So they want to do it. Like, how do you do that? How's, how's that okay? So the rabbi responded, this is not Solvigic, the rabbi who was asked, responded, that's a great mitzvah to provide an open ear to someone in need. But the following four points need to be observed. Number one, the intention must be for the mitzvah, not for gossip. The conversation, number two, should not deviate into areas which are not necessary and relevant to issues at hand. Right? All of a sudden, it's, and by the way, you know her mom also, well, well, that, that part we don't need. Right? Three, discretion must be paramount, as one cannot tell others that which was told to him. Finally, one should recall that both halacha and experience teach that there are always two sides to a story. So there are other perspectives to the situations described. If I'm listening to someone who needs to vent, I, I cannot, I'm not allowed to accept it as fact. Right? You don't have to tell the person, by the way, I'm not sure what you're saying is true. That wouldn't go over so well. Right? But you can think in your mind, there, and, it's, and, it's, and it's actually almost always true, there are other perspectives in every story. And every story I've ever heard in my whole life. Right? Sometimes you hear a horrible story, and then you say, that's terrible what that person did. And then you hear the other person telling you their side. And all of a sudden, it's actually not that simple. Right? So why is that helpful for us? Because if you're listening to somebody and you want to not be macabre because you're not allowed to accept it as fact, it's important to do that little intellectual gymnastics and remind yourself that, yeah, but maybe it's not a thousand percent just like this. Fine. A fifth condition should be added, says a rejector, that one limit the discussion to one close friend whom one can confidently expect to respond satisfactorily and not to unnecessarily repeat the conversation to others. Frank conversations with a trusted and wise confidant are particularly important for those who are dating. Because he talks about dating after this. But the point being, to limit. Rabbi Jack just says one person. I don't, I don't know like the halacha is, it has to be one person. But the point is, right, there's a couple of points. Because we, we need to conclude now. There's a couple of points. Point number one is, it's important to know that we can and should ask important questions when we're, you know... You're going to say, well, I do it. We, we do, everyone does it anyways. Ask those questions about people and, and, and professions. It is true we do it anyways. But we should know that what we're doing is mutter. We shouldn't think, well, that's okay. Everyone speaks Lashon Hara. No. The answer is Lashon Hara is And certain situations are permissible. 
And I can do that. And by the way, if you're speaking to another person who's sensitive to halach, you can say to them, I just want you to know I'm asking you, letoelis. I'm asking you this question because I know it's permissible to ask this question. When we have a framework, we're operating within halacha, we're operating within that sensitivity to the halacha, it's so much better because then everyone's on the same page. No one thinks, oh, that person just speaks Lashon Hara. No. I'm coming to you because I have a real question. This isn't Lashon Hara. I'm asking you. That's number one. Number two is we all need to vent. I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't need to vent. I need to vent a lot. We all need to vent. Right? And that's okay. But if our venting becomes to a group, right? if our venting becomes to the way that we are exaggerating or we are adding details that are not necessary... So then, then we have to really be thinking about that. Right? And we should also think about to whom, how many people to whom I need to vent. How many people is that? And I don't know, for every person there's a difference. You know, but certainly to know which, which person to vent to. If it's a person who shares a lot, probably the wrong person to be venting to. Right? Because you just know, you, you know what's going to happen. And the reason I say this is because of this. We all need to do it and we all need that, that outlet. But the more we think about it, and the more we're careful, and we recognize that there are, there is space for this in the halacha. And so we can see, I can do this, and I can get off my chest when I need to get off my chest, and I can live a healthy life, and I can do it within the realms of the, of the halacha, then I can feel good about it also. I'll actually feel better about the venting. Because sometimes we vent, and then we feel bad afterwards. Right? Better to be careful, be thoughtful about to whom we speak about the things we need to speak to. Do it carefully. Do it discreetly. Do it with only certain people who you think are discreet people. And probably only one at a time. I can't imagine a scenario you need to vent to like multiple people, right? Multiple friends need to hear. It's harder to argue, right? But done in a discreet fashion, it reminds yourself and those people that we still care about Lashonara. Even while we are being more careful. And even, while, even though we need to employ these leniencies. Okay, so I'm over time, so I'm going to stop. But I'm happy to stay afterwards. If anyone has any questions, I really appreciate uh, getting the opportunity, as always, to learn together. And I uh, hope we can have opportunities to do so again in the future. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Sorry.